Before we get started with today's podcast, we'd like to ask returning listeners to leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast platform, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you really enjoy it, share a link to this podcast with friends or family who would enjoy hearing our weekly discussions about basketball and basketball culture. Now, on to the show. Yeah, isn't it Welcome to the 19.9 podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Meyer. I'm here with Robert Wire and John Zelvinskis, a couple of returning co-hosts slash just uh, people on the podcast. We've got kind of a <laughs> potpourri tonight of topics. We're going to be talking a little NBA draft recap, name image likeness, college basketball preview, Team USA, free agency, kind of anything we want to get into. Just a end of <laughs> end of summer wrap up, basically. Uh, and I just want to say hello. We've got the video element going. So what's going on, guys? Oh, not much. Just enjoying. Uh... Oh, did you see how you played? I've been watching this guy right at night. I, I watched. Uh, did you see? Like, no hesitation. Hey, well, no. I, I was watching a little bit today. They uh, they're not supposed to have it videoed. Yeah. And the guy from Huger Hysterics was using his phone. Yeah, and he got shut that. down. Yeah. Like, but it was pretty. It was pretty cool though. I don't know why they wouldn't there's show a, that. There's some weird rule like they can't film in a casino. It's like in a casino, mm. so they can't film while it's in a casino. Oh. I guess I, I I don't understand that, but. I mean, I also don't work in a Bahamanian. Is that right? Bahamanian casino? That's (laughs) right. Anybody know? I don't know. Yeah. You know, maybe that can be your next, your next calling. Yeah. Just to learn the casino, casino lifestyle. Casino lifestyle. I'm I'm in. I want to be a barista. Well, I just want to know when they're going to send me to the Bahamas. Well, yeah. For 19.9. I can go and watch games and report back. We'll get a, we'll get a hold of, we'll get a hold of Josh on that one. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> Do some Gonzo reporting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sure you, you got your phone. You got you know your tech. Get like a wicked sunburn the first day, just like lobster to hell in paralysis. You know that, that's not a bad idea though, because then they might not be looking at your phone. They just are like, oh my god, look how burned that guy is. And meanwhile, your phone's just out, and they're just like staring at your sunburn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's a medicinal phone. Yes, yeah. I don't know. Can't, He's like, can't recall that one. Uh, is, he, is he using that to to reflect sunlight? He needs it. Yeah, that's right. All right, let's get into vitals. let's get into it. Let's talk a little uh, NBA draft to start, since that's the kind of going furthest back. We've got to yeah. see some of these guys in summer league. So I guess first, what did you guys think of um, you know how the draft played out, and then you know if you've got to see them on summer league, what do you think of the guys you've seen so far? You can go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I guess what the biggest upset, you know, was Suggs. Suggs falling right from you know four to five, um, and he's been shut down right for the rest of summer league. Yeah, hurt his hand uh, with, or something. Uh, with injury. That's right. Yeah. So, I, you know, I mean, I love you love the the draft stories, right, of players who get passed up by you know so many teams, and every time they play them, you know, they want to they want to yeah, yeah, that's right. They want to really. Uh, you know, take them to task. So I guess that will be, you know, like an interesting, an interesting storyline. Um, but then, 
you know, he's also playing with the magic. So it will be tough so, to, you know, that's so a, be an that's interesting storyline for the first 10 games until they've lost uh, nine out of 10. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. 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 So I don't know, maybe he hangs on to it for 10 years when he's off the magic and he's, yeah. you know, with a contender and still being up on the Raptors. For we'll sure. See. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, I mean, I, the summer league is just so hard to gauge to me because I mean, I think like the MVP last year, the summer league didn't even make an NBA team. So, like, I mean, all these players are unbelievable players in their own right, right? I mean, it's like little fractions that they're better. You know, like when you're in the NBA to the next level down, it's only fractions, right? right. Like split second, you get a shot off or you don't get a shot off. Or, you know, people are just a little bit faster or a little bit more athletic. Like, you know, I, I was watching. Uh, so what about your boy, Cade Cunningham? Because you made a big deal. Like, I mean, he played started. good. Really? I mean, but. I thought, I mean, I thought he's I, been disappointing so far. He looks slow. No, man. I mean, he did look slow, but I mean, <laughs> it isn't like Lucas fast. Yeah. I mean, it's all oh, about using oh, your no, body, no, right? No, no, no. Don't, nobody. <laughs> I mean, this is like this is like the Jordan thing. No one's allowed to compare anybody to to Luca no, for no. a while. I mean, that guy I didn't is the say, best player in the world. I didn't say he was Luca. I said Luca's not fast. Yeah. Well, so what? Like you said, he's <laughs> you know. If you're good at, at multiple things, and Shaq, you know how to use Shaq your... couldn't shoot three pointers either. Oh, you know? come on now! This is—I <laughs> mean, you're going to judge him off a couple of summer league games? No, no. But I just—I <laughs> I, just—I feel like my my picks for are, are, are bearing bearing out. You know, that's that's what you're looking for in summer league. Is like, am I right? That's all I care that's, about. Yeah, you want that immediate gratification? <laughs> immediate. That has like nothing to do with it, right? That's you right. Know? I want to stamp it immediately. I, I haven't seen Mobley. Has he been good? He's been he's looked good, yeah. I mean, everything that he thought like it's different for big guys. I just think that in in summer league you need good guards, right? And yeah. in summer league you have the opposite yeah. of that. You have like the third, fourth, fifth string guys. Like that's not what you need. When he gets, um, you know, the their two starting guards in there, you know, he's gonna look a, he's gonna look a lot better. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, you know, I was gonna ask you guys, uh, how do you, so how do you do that one? You know, like so, summer league, right? Like, has all of these players that may, you know, never make like an NBA roster, and there's, you know, transition. You mentioned like there's a difference in in player talent by fractions, and then there's also like opportunity, right? You know, players on a team where they'll actually be able to, you know, shine or use their skill sets or coach sets, you know, zeroing in, and, and maybe not, right? Like at summer league, maybe it's about just kind of cycling and seeing who pops. But like, I, I can't wrap my head around the summer league experience, the product, because it, it's too many variables to pay attention to. And then, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily translate, you know, maybe we'll see you at summer league next year. Right. Um, and then, and then maybe not see you in the NBA, you know? Yeah. So I, I don't know. Is it, is it that you, you do what you do, what you did, which is to watch for the stars and then see whether or not your draft picks are, you know, are, are accomplished? Or do you like try to buy in and try to say like, Oh man, this guy was drafted in the second round. I really liked him in college. I hope that, you know, he makes it eventually like, yeah. is that, or is that too painful to like try to engage that? I know I have a lot of big, big picture questions about draft and summer league, but, but what do you think? I mean, I think that summer league's good for getting these guys experience with better. I mean, Summer league yeah. is going to be better than college, right? I mean, the right, right. The, the, the players are going to be better, so they're going to be more tested. So, I would say the scouts, you know, they can tell if a player's playing in summer league, and you can tell the players that stick out, right? Like yeah, they yeah. may not hit a couple shots, but like I went and watched OG play at IU, 
And you could just tell when he was on the court that he was a man amongst boys, right? Yeah, so, yeah. like, I think that maybe that factor helps with some of these guys in summer league, you know. Yeah. But maybe these the good thing for these guys that they have a good summer league and they don't make it to the NBA, maybe they go play overseas and make a lot of money, you know. So, yeah. like, yeah. it's opportunities. That's but, interesting. But you got to think about this, like, for, like, this is a reference, uh, like, TJ Warren played unbelievable in the bubble, right? Right. So the summer yeah. league, if a player plays unbelievable, maybe they don't make the NBA, but they make a huge contract to go play overseas because they're a name, right? Yeah. Just, yep. I mean, even if you're like the MVP of the summer league, that's still, you, you've brought something to the table, right? Mm. Where you can go, hey, look, I did this in the summer league. You know, I yep. can help your team, you know, win. I like that. League. Yeah. I think that's, I think that makes sense. I, I think it's just fun to see. Like it's more, it's more it's fun to just watch basketball, but then it's interesting to see who struggles. I think that's the easier thing. Like if you're struggling in yeah. summer league, like Anthony Bennett a few years ago is like the clearest example. Like if you can't cut it in summer league and especially like the second year guys, like if you're coming back the second yeah. year yeah. and you're at summer league and you're not just absolutely dominating after a year in the NBA, like it's, I mean, it might be over for you. Like maybe you're just going to yeah. get lucky and develop really late, but you should absolutely dominate as a second year guy in summer league. And, and really like if you're a high level rookie and going to be really good, eventually you should just be able to walk out on the court and be awesome. I, I, that's just what I think. Yeah. Take on, take over. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's, let's shift gears. We'll talk a little bit. I, I think it'd be interesting to just check in on the name image likeness thing a little bit. And then yeah. just talk a little bit of college basketball. So you brought up IU in the Bahamas, but you had Bobby had me watching uh, Miller Cop too. Like he's doing some stuff uh, on his YouTube, and it's just like everyone's just trying stuff out now, which is which is great, I think. But I still don't know. I don't know. Like I'm just I want to see where you guys are at. Like, do you guys still think this is a good thing? How do you like it so far? And then, you know, is there a possibility that? We end up hating it. I, I think that uh, for me, that's where I'm at. I think I actually might end up not liking this. I think it could turn college basketball into something that I, I don't want. Cause I, I feel like it's a very separate thing from the NBA and that there's something about that, that I like. And I, I think that maybe this is shifting towards the NBA in a way that I, I don't really, I don't really care for. I don't know. I, I think that, I'm not going to like it. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to be honest. Like, like transfer pool, like, you know, like what's just happened this year before they got money, right? Right. Like total madness, right? Like it takes away from, I get that you want to give the players empowerment to make choices. Mm -hmm. But if a team's recruiting a player for six years, right, they're invested. Because, I mean, it's crazy how early they recruit these players now, right? Right. Like they get in the mm -hmm. door. So, like. Six years might be too much, maybe four years. So, like, they get this player, he comes in, and he doesn't step it to the plate the first year, but he's building on. But he's mad because he's always got to play, right? And then he just, besides staying with the team, yeah. now another team's going to say, hey, like, this is an example. I'm not dog in Kentucky or anything. I'm just saying like Kentucky says, Hey, Good because we've got uh, shorts by Kentucky coming up. So oh, no, I'm uh, not dog. I'm just using an example. Any team, any, any team no longer allowed to dog that's them. got a big, uh, boosters <laughs> was like, Hey, you know, if you come to us, this is the average a player gets for their name and likeness. Like that's going to be the sales pitch now. Right. So it's going to be more like, 
these top teams, and I'm not complaining because I believe IU is going to benefit off of this. Yeah. But like these top teams are going to be able to say, listen, if you come, you know, we're going to be able to make you this much money. And I, the other thing that I think that is going to happen, it's already starting to happen, is you saw the two players that are reclassifying, right? No, who's that? Oh, yeah, Imani yeah. Bates yeah. and Jay I mean, has he, Bates done it yet? He was talking about I'm it. I'm pretty sure he's doing it. Okay. He just hasn't picked the team, I don't think. So he's going to Memphis probably with, yeah. with Duran. And I'm sure that the reason for that is, is why stay in high school, take a chance of getting hurt, when you can go and he'll probably make 500000 or more going to Memphis or wherever he goes. And, I mean, that's a lot of money. Yeah. You know, like, if you're these kids and, like, that Bates, I think he's got so many followers. Right. So you're becoming an influencer, and now you can make money off of that. I mean, these guys might make – I mean, I saw that the Alabama guy, quarterback or whatever, he's like making over a million dollars or something. And he just – he hasn't even threw a pass yet. So, I mean – What does passing have to do with being an influencer? That's, well, that's the what whole, I'm saying, though, is now <laughs> the influencer thing, that's like the Miller Cop thing, right? Like that's yeah. what he's doing. He's trying to build up his base to get more followers so then he can become an influencer and make more money. Even though that he may never play in the NBA – if he plays at IU for two years, his second year, maybe he makes a couple hundred thousand just being an influencer. Yeah. Johnny, what do you think? Yeah, I I guess I have mixed feelings about it. First of all, I love the – I was watching some of Miller Cops videos. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, I think he only has a couple on. And yeah. I guess, like, for me, there were a couple of points I liked about it. I liked kind of the nostalgia of being back on campus, yeah. you know, with him doing first-person, you know, stuff. And yeah. you're just like, oh, that's cool. I love There's his magic assembly. tricks. There's Assembly yeah. Hall. Oh, yeah, his magic yeah, yeah, trick yeah. is great, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, like, I thought that was, like, cool and personable and, you know, kind of allowed for this access to an athlete that you get at the pro level, right? You yeah. See, you see their social media. Um, I, You know, I, I empathize with college fans who feel like this is the death of amateur sports, you know, and that the true, you know, kind of nostalgia of players playing for the love of the game, to further their career, but then also to, to grow with a team and win a championship and be part of a legacy, maybe represent your state. Name you on know, the like jersey, all, not on the back of the, the back of the jersey. That's right. You know, all of these kind of pieces, you could always go home, you know, kind of, kind yeah. of these, especially, you know, at, at IU, right. Yep. These, you know, kind of trademarks of what, what was part of their program. So, so I, I get that. I, you know, but I also think too, that, you know, it's not bivariate, right? Like we are on a spectrum of professional athletes, you know, and, and right. And uh, recent FBI reports would reveal that we didn't have, you know, amateur, amateur basketball at that level. Anyways, you know, yeah. st- students were receiving uh, duffel bags full of cash to go play, play at schools, you know, um, Wait, is that how, is that, do people know about that? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, happened, I mean, you know, like that's happening. And, yeah. and, you know, so I, I if you're at Louisville, you're receiving right. other things. <laughs> There's going to be, well, right. And there are, you know, like there are stories about, you know, like, right, like a really, um, you know, raucous uh, college visits for high school students, you know. Um, And Bobby, I think you're right. Like, you know, now teams are going to set up these kind of shadow firms to pool, uh, you know, to pool booster money to, you know, essentially contract students to to make money um, and say, you know, if you come sign with, uh, you know, our club, you're going to get a set set amount of money. I think, you know, for me, I, I think that's a little bit more equitable, you know, players, players are getting free college while their coaches were making millions of dollars, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, without, you know, not all players were going to translate to professional success, you know, to be able to make, 
similar amounts of money. So, you know, I, I, I like that element of it, although it, it leaves colleges and coaches off the hook, right? right? Like, you know, they still get all the money, all the revenue. They don't yeah. have to split it with the students. And now they get to say, well, you know, they're going to get their money elsewhere. Right. So we're not going to have to worry about, about it. it. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I don't know. You know, so I guess there's, you know, that, that, I guess, kind of reality that we were, you know, we're still shifting or moving into that dimension. You know, it, it will be interesting, right? Because now the question is like, is booster money infinite? Yeah. You know, and, and, and some people would think maybe, it, you know, maybe it seems to be like, right? Like, so a school like Texas that hasn't had football success in some time, but has deep pockets for boosters, um, you know, maybe they're going to be able to start playing, paying a lot of their players a lot more money than other clubs. But, you know, uh, eventually, right, there's it's going to be an arms race and boosters going to have to say, wait, I actually, I don't have another $1 million to, play, to pay for this player. Yeah. What, what are we going to do? And then there will be, you know, an actual market for these, for yeah. these players. So, well, I don't know. I, I think it's actually just uh, uh, going to be going to be more about like, is it just like cutting up the pie in, yeah. you know, because it's just like, here's the amount of money and now I'm going to divvy it up differently. Right. It's not going to be That's right. That's going, right. going to all of the different, uh, you know, maybe instead of like going towards the new facilities every year, now it's going to go toward a little, I'm going to break off a piece and buy some apparel from this kid, you know, or just, or how, yeah. or how, you know, he's going to get a pizza commercial for me. So I think yeah. I, I wonder if it like grows it, you know, it's sort of the, is this the rising tide where we're going to lift a bunch of athletes and they're going to have money or does it come out of, uh, you know, is it just reallocating the amount that's already being spent? You know, like I, I don't, that's, right. that's what I don't know. It's like now, we'll, now will universities be scrambling to like update their facilities? Cause now the boosters are like, well, I could give it to the university, but I'd rather, you know, I've already given yeah. X amount to all these players that we got coming in. So you guys need to come up with that. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I want to ask you too, a little bit about the influencer angle. Uh, so I don't spend a lot of time on like uh, college basketball message boards. Like, you know, these college athletes are not as famous in my world. Uh, do you think that, but it appears to me, or I think that there might be like a, uh, I don't know, an attention span, you know, where like there just are so many players, only so many players you can follow. And eventually they're going to kind of melt away as some, in some students will become influencers because they're interesting uh -huh. and others are just going to have really boring accounts where they're going to talk about shakes or watches <laughs> or whatever, you know, they're trying to hawk, but you know, I, do you think that a lot of students are going to be able to build sustaining individual brands or are they going to kind of just disappear in a sea of, you know, students who, you know, have just publicized their Instagram account. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be like a crazy amount of kids that can benefit hugely off of it, but yeah, like, yeah. like the LeBron James son, Brawny or whatever his name is, like he yeah. probably has, who knows, 10 million followers, something crazy. So like he'll probably make, I mean, now he can make money off of that, right? Like where before he yeah. couldn't. So now it, I don't know how the rule works, but can you make that money in high school now? You So there, so it's weird. You, you can actually make uh, at least some amount of that money in high school, depending on what you know, what you're, what you're doing. So you could be like the, you know, I don't know, they, they, like they've got the overtime league. You can do name image likeness. Like there's nothing that says that, that you can't do that as the, you know, as a high school kid too. I, I don't know. But I mean, uh, the thing that was Miller cop, right? Like he probably, he's not going to get rich off of it. Right. Like, but there's enough IU followers. If it starts picking up that he could probably make, 
a little bit off of it, right? Yeah. Like the YouTube videos, isn't it like if you play so long, you make, I don't really know how it works, but don't if you play a video so long, you make so much money if they use a commercial or something of that nature. Well, I, I mean, the plays aren't going to be, and then we might get be getting in the weeds here, but the plays, he's not going to make it like that. He'd make it by like getting a sponsor, basically. Like someone would sponsor, someone in the, he would do it because someone in the IU community would just, would sponsor him to continue doing it. And that, that would be how, he, and they would throw him some. I mean, I just, like, I just like seeing the insight and seeing some of the players and the learning, camaraderie is kind of learning about them. And yeah. I mean, then I at least like you can put like, you know, you could put more than just a face you see if they hit or miss a shot. Yeah, I do. You like know, that. so you can kind of see a little background to them. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like seeing, I, I like Aaron, what you said, the camar- camaraderie is great. I like seeing, you know, him, you know, uh, fist bumping his, his teammates, watching them get psyched about Chipotle, you know, like that. <laughs> yes. Kind of yes. The Chipotle, stuff the, the, like really the Chipotle was great. I was like, man, that is, that's ridiculous. They get some good stuff, don't they? Yeah. I was dying. <laughs> they got the, they got the full, they got the full buffet there. Yeah, that's right. All right, let's talk a little Team USA. Give give kind of first uh, first impressions of what you guys thought of Team USA. They were much maligned, I think, at the first, and then ended up bringing bringing it home anyways. So uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that I'm, I'm kind of interested to see if you guys feel the same way as I do. I, I think that everyone always says, "Oh, the world's catching up. The world's catching up," and then we end up winning, and didn't and didn't look that hard. I mean, I think the world's catching up. But I think like they're catching up because a lot of them play together for so long when they're younger and everything, so they have more of a team chemistry than we do. And I feel like we don't necessarily always get the best players, right? Like we like we're fortunate that probably the best player in the world right now, Kevin Durant, decided to play because without him, we sure. we're not winning. Right. And you know, at the beginning we struggled, but we also didn't have Holiday or Booker. I mean. The thing about it is, is like Lillard's an unbelievable player, but he's not a defensive player at all. Right. So like in the NBA, you can get away with it. You can mask it. But when you play teams overseas that are used to playing with each other forever and they're all about the fundamentals and not one-on-one, your defense shows if you don't play it. Like you can only hide so much. Yeah, fair. I thought uh, Team USA this year was a pretty tough watch, right? Like either it was a blowout and it was totally unengaging or it was a close game. And it seemed like it was due to us underperformance. You know, I mean, other teams had standout stars or had good team defense, you know, that was challenging the U S a bit, but we were just missing shot after shot after shot, <laughs> um, which made the games close. Like the France upset, you know, in our pool play, you know, it just seemed like because the U S couldn't take the game, you know, by the reins and, and, right. and kind of take it over. I, I was really surprised. Well, you know, they had Durant in foul trouble, too, that game. I mean, I think that's, that's the right. difference between that's that right. and the championship is that uh, Durant, like Bobby said. You know, sometimes basketball is just that simple. Turns out, you know, the Bucks wouldn't have won the championship without Giannis. You know, like, okay, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah but they had Giannis. Like, that's the whole yeah. point. Like, yeah, Team USA maybe wasn't – this wasn't the, like, redeem team or the dream team, but they had Kevin Durant. He's just the best player in the world. Like, and, done. And I, and I also wonder, like, you know, like when you play – basketball and you're used to like having to create your shot right like that's the shot you're used to you're not used to being wide open yeah right? yeah, yeah like yeah, that yeah, mentally yeah. is just different right like yeah like if you do a step back and shoot it you're not thinking at all now if you're just sitting there waiting for the ball to come to you and you're wide open and you're not used to it since maybe college <laughs> like 
that has to do something. Like if you miss one, you think about it more the next shot. I would think. In my opinion. yeah, yeah, Bobby, I think you're totally right. Like there are players that are used to being creators or the you know the gravity of their team, you know, and they're out of rhythm when they're trying to play as part of a compliment. I, Aaron, to your point, I th- I thought that. Kevin Durant was great, right? And when he wasn't in the game, you know, it really was an upset for the team. But and and while we didn't get some of our stars in the US, we still had great players who were over there. And it yeah. didn't seem like anybody was able to take over other than Kevin Durant, you right. know? And what I usually look forward to in Team USA is just the onslaught of talent. Even mm-hmm. if we're blowing out a okay. team, it's just like, you know. Uh, somebody coming off the bench, like Kobe Bryant coming off the bench and just smashing, you right. know, in Beijing. And you're just like, oh, yeah, this is this is just great because we're going to watch a layup line or a dunk factory <laughs> and it's going to be super enjoyable. And I I just couldn't believe, you know, Drew Holiday. He looked, taking all he those looked shots. awesome, though. He At was times, like, defense was defense, out, of, out, of, out of control, right? Out of control. But then you're like, wait, why is he taking all these shots when you have these, you know, offensive magicians, yeah. you know, that are hanging out and not, you know, what, you know. Where was Dame? Where were other kind of where was Booker as a although I really appreciated that when his shots weren't falling, Booker was trying to penetrate, get yeah. fouls, or you know, to dish. But like I was like, oh come on, any any other player, take over and really kind of put your mark on this game. We don't need to wait for Kevin Durant to, you know, come back come back in the game to See, I think game. I think it was a little bit about just the the physicality of it too i think that and i yeah. i actually really i don't know what, how you guys felt but i really enjoyed just watching a more physical game and i'm i'm hoping that maybe maybe get that gets brought back a little bit in the nba because i think that it was it was fun to watch to watch that and to watch them bump a little more and to watch the guys like you know look exasperated after they don't get a call and, and then actually <laughs> yeah, looking at the refs and the refs right, don't yeah. care they're like what do you want what are you gonna do about it you know like that's how the refs are supposed to be i mean i i think maybe it might get a little bit more physical but they're not gonna let it get too much because i mean offense sales let's be honest that's what people want to see they want to see points scored yeah. they don't want to see somebody blocking somebody they you know or somebody bodying up somebody they missing a jumper fail they want to see the step back where nobody touches them and I they guess. hit you know their hands in their face but they hit it do they yeah i mean i, mean, I think the the young fans that's what they want to see down they want like a crazy well amount. i think that has to do with a lot of things well i mean I, other I than basketball I mean, ultimately, it's about the product on the court, right? Yeah, it is. If but. people if people aren't wanting to watch what you put on the court, then you need to change something. I'm just I'm just throwing it out as something that I enjoyed watching as a consumer of I the mean, sport. I don't I think the, watching the, the, pl- the way that the game was played internationally. I don't I like think it. the players or the the fans want to go back to watching the Detroit Pistons no, no, ninety no. point games. Like that's not what they want. No. Well, I'm not saying. Come well, on, that's you just took it to one, no, to well, one no, extreme to another. Like it's all never, offense, or we got to go back to we got to go back to a wrestling match. No, I'm just saying that they I'm don't want I like that. the international game. Like well, the whole point was, like, changed, it was a little more physical. They not, changed some rules. Yeah, like the they're trying to eliminate Harden and Trey Young and all yeah. their like how they jump into people, that's which I, which I've though. always thought yeah. that that <laughs> it's ridiculous if a, if a guy jumps and he's going straight up and the other guy just literally throws himself into him and throws the ball up in there and they give him, you know, the foul call. Yeah. You know, like if anything, call an offensive foul, like, you know, so. All right. Did you guys see the uh, celebrations? We've got it on screen here. Uh, Kevin Durant and uh, Draymond Green getting wild on, on the back of the the bus here. Did you get, did you guys uh, see them shouting out uh, LeBron James, Lobos, Lobos tequila? 
<laughs> Do you think that was a shout out, LeBron? I don't know. That's playing? what I said. I, I bet know. you it was. He's probably like, go get the go get the monsters, and we'll bring the gold home. I was di- I was dying. I was like I was like, okay, is this? Uh, were they tro- did they get did they actually have it or were they trolling him? Like, oh, nice tequila, LeBron. I don't know. I can't ever tell. What I these think guys they were anymore. trolling. You think so? I think so. Okay. Uh, my favorite part about the video is to try to figure out who like the bus seating order yeah exactly right? well like, they're in like, the back of the bus so they're clearly the they're clearly the, the they're, team, they're, right? they're clearly the coolest right they're in the back yeah, with the tequila right. like bring yeah, it so, guys yeah right so it's it's draymond green and kd in the back seat yep. and then it's like dame yep. and book in the in the next seat so i'm seems like about oh. right. seems about right yeah <laughs> but, but drew holiday who's up you know, fr- who's like, up front though that's the, that's the other day like, who got, who's got to right. sit next to the coaches yeah 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 that's right yeah, maybe JaVel McGee's up there. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, he's got I mean he's gotta be, right? He's just like, you got a gold medal. You get you get the front seat, buddy. Like yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And well, I love JaVel. I know. But he's got his he's got his fanny pack on. He's just chilling. Mom, yeah. mom first, first in US history, uh, mother and son, uh, to have gold medals. His mom's got a gold medal. That's pretty awesome. Back to the night, right there. Look at that, yeah. guys. All right, the also, team- uh, oh yeah, you go. Sorry, I was gonna say- I was going to say, uh, Drew Holiday and his wife, also uh, Olympic medalists. Uh, oh, really? So, oh, I didn't know in the that. family. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Uh, four in a row now. Uh, Grant Hill's taken over. What What do we think? The future just kind of cemented in gold still for Team USA? I think it just depends on who, who decides to play or not. I mean, if – I mean, obviously – I mean, We got, four Cur- more, we got four Curry more could still come back. Yeah, he, he, could, he could be back. Curry would definitely help, and he probably would come back. Will come back. He might not play as much in the next one because he'll be at, at the end, sort of end of his career. But I mean, he might be an interesting one for the next Olympics. I guess who who's Luca going to have with him? <laughs> oh, you know what I mean. Like, is there any other players that are going to be on his team that are going to help him besides Kate, this year? Apparently, it was just Kate him. Cunningham he needs since he's the next Luca. Oh, <laughs> I did not say that. I, that never came out of my mouth. You said he was slow, and I said Luca's not fast. Oh, That's yeah. all See, I said. said it again now. I got you twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so the U.S. Olympic team has never done four gold in a row. So right. this is like a big, like monumental piece. And this it's also it. a sea change, right, as Colangelo leaves and Grant, Grant Hill, Hill takes over. I don't know if if you all watched any of the so the so NBC had a documentary kind of doing the behind the scenes. Oh yeah, some I did, of the, I did the see team. some of it. Yeah, and I couldn't tell. I can't wrap my head around Pop's interaction with players, right? Like, so mm-hmm. he's walking up and down the court, and like they're doing their you know stretches, and he's like, "What's the capital of Arkansas?" Right? And somebody names it correctly, and he's like, "Oh, you win. I got to buy you a car." And, um, and the player's like, Oh, really? Uh, great. You know? And, um, I was like, is that like authentic, like connection, you know, like, are they going to go with a, a college coach, um, you know, in the future, like the, the Villanova coach, you know, seemed to be into it, you know, like he had his, you know, he had his uh, clipboard out and he was like coaching directly coaching players like he would in college, you know, and, and pop was kind of, you know, like Steve Kerr was kind of a little bit. Uh, maybe aloof, you know, right? Like kind of let the players gel and figure it out, et cetera. So I think that will be another deciding factor, right? Is whether or not Team USA can get a coach. And I think this is Pop's last one. Um, so, is. you know, who they choose for the head coach and, uh, you know, whether or not that, that coach can kind of do the difficult task of trying to get all these superstars to, 
buy into a team concept with such a short runway, you know? So I think though, Grant Hill will probably be better at that. You know, I think that he has a little bit more of a through line connection. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Seems like, seems like he'd pick a college coach. I think that uh, from what I heard about from, you know, the kind of reporting on some of the players that they liked coach K better because he's not in the league and almost that, that one step removed allowed them to kind of, uh, confide in him and just view him in a different, in a different way. And he didn't press and, you know, the reverse was also true. He didn't kind of press them or, you know, worry about what, what they would think of him either. Cause he's not going to see them on the court next year. So he, he could kind of speak his mind and be a little bit more free. So I don't know. It seems like that, that might be the way to go, but you know, ultimately I think it's about, do, can they can he keep the pipeline together right like right now all the best players are are in there whether they show up or not i think maybe more might have shown up if it, things had gone as planned last summer and i think that it was more a product of just you know world circumstances rather than anything else yeah you know? and they, some of them just wanted to rest yeah which made I mean, which made yeah, sense it was a crazy two years like yeah. i can't believe shout shout out to drew holiday and middleton and and booker for literally giving getting on a flight together after the nba finals yeah. and going to tokyo uh, and that's just crazy, and balling right? out like that's wild yeah. like what a wild yeah, couple weeks for them i mean do you think like if that was like the 90s that that would have happened I, I mean, I mean players didn't like each other back then. So like well, get out of the finals and then a couple days later, get in a, bu- get in a plane with the player well, that just they, beat you. I don't, I, don't I don't know. I didn't like each other. They didn't know it. Maybe didn't know each other in the same way, but it seemed like as soon as you get, as soon as you get people of a certain, like who are passionate about the same thing in the same room together, you have that like instant connection, uh, uh over over something like you saw all of a sudden you Patrick Ewing and Larry Bird are friends like I'm sure those guys were not friends prior to the dream team but you throw them together for a couple weeks and they you know start hanging out and they've got that one big connector and you can kind of find find little spider webs out from there yeah I'm trying to think of who wouldn't want to fly back with Michael (laughs) Jordan you know right like I think Barkley Barkley loses to Jordan I think he's still flying back because Barkley you know for sure but who's riding with Rodman Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. That's you right. know, somebody I, just, just oh, is is uh, Malone riding back with Rodman? Rodman's right, right after the Bulls beat Rodman's the Rodman's not getting through jazz. the health and safety protocols. He's he's definitely <laughs> he's definitely out. He is he's out yeah. on that. Don't yeah, I think the mailman that. is is just like in the back. You know, yeah. he's getting sulking. Yeah, uh, I think Stockton's like in the front. Yeah, you know, just like yeah, tapping away, ready with to get the, off the plane. Yeah, he get, he gets the coach's uniform. They forget that he's a player, give him the wrong uniform. So <laughs> he's got the coach's jumpsuit. Dude. Oh that's wait, right. that's right. <laughs> All right, let's keep it. Let's keep it moving. Talk a little NBA free agency, and then we're going to wrap up just talking about the media in, in basketball a little bit. So thoughts on free agency. So I'm going to start out here because my Bulls, I have to say, we're the, we're the big winners of free agency. I mean, you, we got Lamelo, which is going to be awesome on there. Um, there may be some tampering uh, issues that we have to deal with, uh, perhaps. But you know, so be it. So be it. This that's kind of a. I feel like a, a, you know, if the NCAA is a, a farce with their, uh, you know, how they weren't paying players, certainly uh, that this is you know kind of kind of ridiculous, I mean ridiculous at this point, right? I don't know how they could get the Bulls when how many people sign within minutes of free agency going open. I mean. Like they're just gonna pick who they want to, and they're gonna. I think what is it like a ten million dollar fine or something? I mean, yeah, what's that really gonna do with the Bulls? I mean, they're gonna be like, oh, okay, that's horrible, but we got the player we wanted. Right. So, I mean, the big picture, 
they still win, right? Yeah, they find the Bucks last year and they won the championship. So clearly, <laughs> not, right. doesn't matter. And they didn't even get the player. That's the worst part about the Bucks. They didn't even get him. He went to the Hawks. So yeah, and they could have used him. They you know, could have like used him for sure. Yeah. So Aaron, okay. So you're a Bulls fan. Oh uh, so they get I'm so happy. So they get they get Lonzo. They get Demar Derozan. Yep. Right. Yep. Right. You know, so some real improvements. Uh, they also get Caruso yep. too, which yeah. and I think the Lakers are going to miss Caruso for um, sure. Uh, but oh wait, 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 where's the button there? Well, I I just mean like kind of to what end, right? You know, like (laughs) like, here we go. That's a great. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to. Like, how do you feel about that? Okay, how do you how do you rectify the like expectations with the moves? You know, it's like they've they've won the the podium, right? They had the most exciting off season, but then right, so you have the nut, the Nets, the Bucks, and then you just have this kind of like cluster onslaught of you know Whatever. like pretty similar teams you I know mean, right for, see here's the thing so for for i grew up as a bulls fan in the 90s and we just won the championship every year and i thought that's how that's how that's how it was going to be the rest is. of my life right. like this is this is great i love this this is how it is the rest of my life and then i you know got get to iu and then in, in my fourth year at iu we go to the final four and i'm like oh okay every four years iu goes to the final four <laughs> Uh, turns out, you know, 20 years, you know, plus after that, it's not like that. And, you know, Derek Rose blows out his knee after we built a contender and we've just been in the wilderness with IU several times now. And I just think that there is something to be said for just being competitive. Will this team win the championship? It's unlikely. It's unlikely. Uh, it's maybe Mary. you could maybe even go to highly unlikely. You need Patrick U- Patrick Williams, the new guy. I almost said Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing would be nice, but Patrick Williams to become basically a star, um, yep. or injuries, right? And I think yep. that you. So there's there's a there's the probability is they end up a four, five, six somewhere somewhere in there. Um, and maybe get beaten the, the first round, but it doesn't matter. Like you get to watch fun basketball all year. It's every game. They're going to compete in every single game they're in, whether they're the best in the league or not They're You're going to have to show up for the bulls every night. Cause they've got talented players at every position now, and then they make the playoffs and who knows, you know, if Durant and Kyrie get hurt and they had faced them in the first round, they probably would have beat, you know, maybe we'd have had a shot of beating them. And, you know, you, you just you just don't know. I think you put yourself out there and at least hope to be competitive all year. And then maybe you get lucky and, and one of your guys turns into a superstar. And if you don't, at least you have like five years where your team's good. Like it's yeah. it stinks. Yeah. To watch. It stunk to be a Bulls fan the last few years and just watch garbage. Like what were, what were the what's the alternative? Right. Like you watch. Yeah. uh you know the guy that the Duke guy that we had. He's now with the Magic, by the way. Maybe he'll be good someday. What is like, it, uh, or maybe Carter? he won't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, that's and right. They're like, yeah, yeah. I think I think for a long time, like the thinking was, you definitely didn't want to do what the Bulls have just done, right? right? Which is that like you would be a low playoff seed and you put yourself on this treadmill of treadmill of mediocrity, right. right? That you know you never get a great draft pick, and then you're always you know first round, second round fodder. I. I agree with you. So here are my two like upsides, right? You know, or three, I guess three upsides. Like one is, you know, you saw the Hawks last year and, you know, the Hawks are really building something special, but you know, you would kill to have the Hawks success um, next year. And, and, you know, it could, it could like, as you just articulated, it could, it could fall that way, you know? So that's, so that's number one. Uh, Number two is I, I think you have some nice trade pieces, you know, and so if one of these disgruntled stars become available, um, it might be the case that you'll be able to trade and package marketing plus X, Y, and Z um, to to try to get maybe not the most premier, right? So if both 
if Dame and Bradley Beal and uh, Simmons. and Simmons all become available, right? Then uh, you might not get Dame right away, but you might get one of the other guys. Sounds um, good. Which would be great, right? Because I think you have some pieces to send. And then the third thing is, I, I think you're totally right. Every team must have watched the Knicks last year and just said, that looks Let's fun, that. right? <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Wow, that, like, that like our great. fans are going nuts. <laughs> They're not even the best team in our city. Yeah. And, you know, and the, in the garden, you know, for getting blown out, you know, uh, in five, in five games, the playoff atmosphere looked electric, yeah. you know, you wanted to be there, you know? So I think that having that excitement, especially after the last two years that we've had, I think, I think that that's going to be a win. And I think that's something worth a huge win. So, that's exciting. I, I mean, I think I think that with the Bulls, that they're you're pretty young, so they could build up like like the Hawks, like you mentioned the Hawks, they're young too. Like they can get better as the years go, and then hopefully, for a Bulls fan, I'm not, but hopefully <laughs> that when the Nets just, just want to get that out there, I, they, I don't care. they're no longer together, <laughs> then you'll have a chance. I mean, if the Nets don't get hurt, I mean they had do they have. Mills is that who they added this off season? Yeah, they added Batty right. Mills. I mean, I mean that if they're not hurt, they ain't yeah, losing. If, if they, like, let's okay, be hold, honest, hold like on, they're not on. losing if they're not hurt. If they don't get hurt, how, what are the chances that someone on that team won't get hurt this year? I'd say those are those are as small as a you know the chances that the Bulls are going to be really good this year. Like, I don't think that like every year, if you look back the last past five years. Every single guy on that team has been hurt. Durant tore his Achilles. I mean, Kyrie's done his knee, his ankle, his knee, you know, and James Harden's got a weird hamstring now, like, and they're all over 30. They got Blake Griffin. Good Lord. He's had about 9 million yeah, they, injuries. They ain't like, paying him nothing. Though. No, I know. But I'm just saying, like, you're saying if they're healthy, like, what are the chances they're going to be what, healthy? What if they trade uh, Irving and get Ben Simmons? And then they have Patty Mills starting a point guard. I mean, I mean that would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? Power forward Simmons. I'll tell you right now, that's they, not, they that's not happening. No, they, I mean, what do you mean? Because Kyrie and Katie are boys. Like that's they're not yeah, going to do that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, unless unless Katie like finally says, "Hey, I've had enough. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of this. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's over. Go um, go ahead. Go play yeah, with uh, Ghost in the NBA. Dark. Ghost in the Darkness style. There, like just stab you in the back. I don't know. <laughs> By the way, you guys have back. both been traded. I've got two other guests coming in right now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, yeah, that's, that's right. Bobby and I are going to play for the Bucks. You know? the, the team that he was, the team he was talking about earlier, the the Knicks, the Knicks or the Knicks. Sorry, yeah. Like, I mean, they had a pretty good off season too. Yeah, I mean, they got I Walker, guess. they got Fournier, right? So, like for their team, they were like the fourth seed last year, right? So they got better. I mean, they're not. They didn't get worse. So, I mean, are the Bulls better than the Knicks? I think they could be. I mean, like I said, it's just one injury away. Like I, I think that the Knicks are probably, you'd say to start the season, you'd rank them higher just because of la- of where they sat last season. But you know, what if Randall goes down for twenty games? You know, yeah. But what if Toppins gets better and quickly? Yeah, no, it could. Bowl. You know, like like you said, after the Bucks and Nets, I think that it's kind of it's kind of a jumble. Yeah. Two, you know, three through three through eight is probably. I mean, what about could Miami? Be, could be just health. Did Miami get better? For sure, yeah, they got. I mean, they got. They for sure. They, I mean, I don't. I mean, they landed the the biggest free agent out there, right? Who? Lowry is the biggest. Yeah, guy but out I there. mean, I think you underestimate how good Dragic was. He's a pretty good point guard. So it isn't like they had a bum a, a point guard. That, sure, but they can get better. They can grow through just getting older too. They got Hero, who's super young. They they resigned uh, the their shooter. Um, I mean, did what was Miami this year? Were they a 
They were six, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, is the the question is, is the Hawks Miami the year before? Are they going to fall down now? I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I, I think I think there's a lot of uncertainty in the East, yeah. and I think what what you're both saying is true, right? You know, yeah. is that like the the favorites in the East are unsettled, right? You know, we don't know. You know, the Nets were scary in the first round, and if they maintain that core, good luck to everyone else in the East. But yeah, you know, we don't know what they're going to settle like in the you know 82 game season, or I guess it will be maybe it'll be 70 games. I'm not sure this year. Yeah, um, what they're going to do, but uh, you know, so we'll see that settling. You know, the Bucks eat. Past the Nets, you know, just just KD, you know, and you don't yeah. know if we have the start of, you know, like a, a dynasty, right? Are the Bucks going to rip off, you know, two more in a row or are they going to win one like the Pistons mm-hmm. and just kind of never make it back? We're not. It's hard to tell, sure. but there is a confidence after you win one, I think, that you carry yourself a well, little bit differently. If, if Giannis starts making all his free throws, know, starts hitting the jump happened. shot, it could be, yeah. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't bet against him. Let's That's talk right, a little yeah. bit about the West. Who you guys like out there? Since we haven't, even, it's funny that that we went this long because usually it's the Western Conference that everyone talks about first. But I think that says something about the East that it is a lot gotten a lot stronger it's the last a, couple it of is years. A lot stronger. Uh, I mean, for me, I mean, the Lakers got to be the winners for the the West. But like, I'm just I've never been it's a, a weird huge team, Westbrook fan. Like, I think he's an unbelievable player and. Maybe though he's never really played with a good big guy, right? I mean, who's Maybe the best not. guy he's played I, with? I guess Abaka. Abaka. Yes, but that's not Steve, Anthony or Davis Steve, or Stephen Adams. Yeah, Adam. but that's not. It's not like Embiid or, you know. I think it could be really interesting to see how him and Anthony Davis play together. Mm. You know, yeah, like the screen absolutely. and rolls and stuff. Like, and it'd take a lot off LeBron. Like, mm-hmm. so maybe by having Westbrook, that LeBron can kind of coast during the way regular season and be more fresh for the playoffs. Yeah. Cause you know, Westbrook isn't going to take off. Like he's going to be a hundred percent every game, you know, until his legs fall off, you know? So, and then, I mean, I think Carmelo, I mean, it is, I'm not, he's not Carmelo, obviously the name that used to be, but he's not horrible. And he brings, I wonder if people say that table. about me, Aaron, he's not the guy he's used to well, be, that's but not, he still looks, I mean, he's sort of the same. I mean, he's still it's ridiculous. Gotta be, it's gotta be tough though. You know, like imagine being, being mellow and just hearing that. Hearing I that. think Mello is just happy to be in the league. <laughs> no, I don't mean like, I don't mean it in a bad way. I'm saying that because they blackballed him for like two years, he's just happy to be back did he did they or did he do that to himself no he did because he wanted to be a superstar still and he wasn't a superstar anymore and then like it took two years to humble him to say okay i'll just shoot threes and play a little defense so i can keep playing (laughs) basketball maybe just the shoot threes part (laughs) (laughs) i i think the like i think you're right bobby i think the lakers are the favorite right and uh but like the favorites in the east you know there's a lot of uncertainty there a lot of settling right like it's is it going to work with Brody? You know, is Anthony Davis going to start doing that killer instinct or is he going to be like New Orleans kind of passe injured, yeah. you know, Anthony Davis that we've kind of seen at first when they picked up uh, Russell Westbrook, I thought they were trying to do it for the regular season, right? Yeah. Like, so yeah. Russell Westbrook won a ton of games for the wizards and got them, you know, into the plan. And then they were able to get in the eighth seed and actually be in the playoff series. Right. Um, but then I, you know, I was thinking about this and I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that LeBron is at a point in his career. And I think he demonstrated that in Cleveland where he wasn't so concerned about seeding, right? Like we'll take yeah. whatever seed we yeah. have the best team 
everybody has to go through us, even if we're not playing in, in Los Angeles for a majority of the games. So I, I don't know if that makes sense. I, I was thinking about, though, Bobby, I think you're totally right. I think he's going to you know be intense. He's going to play out there. I think Vogel can can really figure out when to play him. And in the playoffs, though, so I think I think maybe they got him for the playoffs and this idea that, you know, really in each series, you need Russell Westbrook to have like six great quarters, you know, right? And and that would be a plus, you know, a plus for your team, right? Just quarters where he can take over where if LeBron seems out of sync or Davis is, you know, kind of struggling to find his footing, he can really shore up the scoring um, and then keep them in a the game so that uh, one of those two can then take over in the fourth quarter. So I, I think that will be the strategy. It'll be great to see, you know, because, you know, there's no back down between Ron and Russell Westbrook. But, I you know, I hear that they're boys. And uh, I'm excited. It makes me like the Lakers just a little bit more. I don't really like the Lakers at all. But, I, I you know, I really like Russell Westbrook. So, yeah. you know, I hope that he kills it. And I hope that he wins a championship. And I think if he does, you know, he'll be kind of like um, – Rondo when the Lakers won last time, he'll you know make some really significant uh, mm. contributions, and you'll think that he he was part of it. Energy, well, energy's a talent. Well, I mean, I think he's he's still at a higher level though than Rondo was. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, not, not, I'm not yep. saying anything bad about Rondo. Rondo at this point in his career, <laughs> I mean, yep, Rondo yeah. was really good. I'm just saying he's older now. <laughs> he still oh, looks oh. the same, but <laughs> yeah, he just doesn't move as fast. Yeah. Absolutely. But he was also not a nothing, you know, in the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, no, he, he was huge. Rondo was really good in the playoffs. The one yeah. thing I've heard about Westbrook that will be most interesting to see is that, uh, you know, Rondo's willing to humble himself and not shoot sometimes. And Westbrook, to your point about Melo, has never been willing to do that. He's always been the guy that's got a bunch of shots. So can he humble himself enough to say, like, all right, Ron and Anthony Davis are getting the majority of the shots. I'm, I'm third in line. Like I, that's going to be tough for him to swallow. I, yeah, I would he's think thir- though he's third that, on that team, right? He's, I would say Washington was probably very humbling to him. I mean, it you was know, like it he realizes that like, this is his time. I mean, it isn't like he's playing with anybody. I mean, he's playing with LeBron, possibly one of the greatest players to ever play. And Anthony Davis, if he stays healthy, could possibly be one of the greatest players to ever play. Like, it's not like he's playing with two guys that are, you know. Yeah, but he's the only other guy maybe on that team the with, an, he's the only the guy with the MVP on that team besides LeBron. AD doesn't yeah. have an MVP. Yeah, but if he's so playing, he's, he's my. I, he, I'm just saying, I wouldn't think like that if I was him. I'd be like, hey, you, you got no, you got to show me something. Like, yeah, but he wants that chip. I'm sure he wants the chip. Because he's well, tired of hearing the critics. Yeah, maybe, but maybe he thinks like it's him and LeBron that that need, are the ones that need to carry him there. I mean, I was really intrigued by them getting Monk and the, yes. the oh, guy man, from was my. Ridiculous. What was, was so, the guy I was from so Miami? Mad about that, the yeah, backup point guard. None. Yeah. I mean that. Furious. Them two players. I was more. I'm not excited because I'm not a Laker fan. But if I was <laughs> a Laker fan, I'd be more excited about those two players. <laughs> At the price they got him at. Oh, man. Like, that's a good bench to come off. Like, Monk started playing really good at the end of the year last year. Yeah. Like, for them to get him for what they got him for was a steal. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah, to get both players at the minimum. And especially because then there's a lot less pressure to get these buyout guys. You can be a little choosier with your 
last spots. Absolutely. I, well, I totally agree, Bobby. You'll see other people get ex- you, Everyone always gets excited about the guys at the minimum, and then well, there's a reason they're the guys at the minimum. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Miami but let them walk. Dennis, you know? Dennis yeah. Schroeder turned down $84 million. I bet he's wishing he'd <laughs> oh my I'm, gosh. I'm betting he, he's wishing he didn't do that. Hey, the like, Celtics yeah, are maybe, the maybe Celtics were winners that. there. They got yeah. him for a steal. They did. It was like $5.9 million. Like, he has to be just like. Do you does does his agent fire him or does he fire his agent? Which I'm way, pretty which sure he's firing that agent. <laughs> the agent had to have been telling him though, take the 84 million, Dennis. I don't like, think so. If I'm the agent, I get what? What is that? Ten percent of that? I'm telling him, take the 84 million, Dennis. I don't you're, know. you're good. Not hold. He's not telling him hold out for a hundred, right? I don't know. Yeah, well, well, when he was on the Hawks, I bet you he was like, "Oh no, I don't think Shooter's going to be in the league much longer." Yeah, and now he's just like, "We're just playing with house money, oh, whatever you want." Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> I guess. Oh man. Yeah. All right, guys, let's let's wrap up here. Uh, this is this is the one for me. So I had you guys read this franchise magazine put out uh, this old ar- article called, and it's called the basketball article, and we'll link it in the the show notes, but. The sort of point of this this topic was, besides reading that and seeing what you guys thought of that, is just the state of sports journalism, essentially. I was just fascinated reading this. It was, it was two female journalists that went out and just kind of did this experiential. Uh, I think the, the I forget the name of it. Did you guys remember what the name of it was? The way they wrote some oh field oh. poetics they called it. So I, right. I thought that was like uh, just a, a fascinating way to read about people watching basketball, and I'm just. I don't understand why in the draft and everything now, everything becomes this monoculture. It's like, this has to be the top four picks in the draft. Like why every single year we're wrong about the top four picks in the draft. So why, why does everyone then say these are the top four picks in the draft? Like go outside the box. I, I think thing though, with writing. you know, I just thought about this. I think it's because they want to control the narrative. The NBA does. So they don't allow for the like stuff like this. Because think about here's a good example, right? Like, I just watched the documentary on the untold story, right, of the malice in the palace. Oh yeah, you know, like they didn't talk about the players, like they just talked about them going. I mean, they talked about the the fan side, right? right. Like them going in there. They didn't talk about how the players had to go to court and that they got chairs thrown at them and all that stuff. Like they didn't. The NBA didn't want to take the side of the players, and if you had journalists that would have took the side of the players then the fans don't want to hear that. They want to hear the other way, right? Because they see that at that point, they saw the players as being wrong, no matter what, right? Because they make millions of dollars, they should be able to control themselves. And a lot of fans can't look at the side that they're human beings, right? I mean, that's, I mean, that's just the way fans work, right? Like, it, nobody hardly ever looks at, like, you know, if somebody dies in somebody's family... And then they have a bad game. Well, they should have been able to push through it. You get what I mean? Like hmm. they, fans don't want to know that side of the story. They only want to know, hey, go in and put the ball in the basket. And they like so like the NBA doesn't want to. They don't want to show different sides. Like they want to control it all, right? You, you get what I mean? So if they let people go in and, and tell stories, then maybe they tell stories about Jordan that people don't want to know, like they NBA doesn't want to know about cuz they want to keep his name so good. I'm just using Jordan as a reference. I'm not saying that he's horrible. And I'm just saying like we'll just don't get like, us blackballed. We're just saying like yeah, exactly. We'll just say like LeBron, like maybe there's some stories that these journalists would have said about LeBron, but they don't want that out in public, right? Like they want LeBron's name to be this good husband, you know, they want the narrative to be 
he's this amazing person no matter what. Even, whatever he says, he's still amazing, right? Because sure, but that's no one gave, no one gave these two these two women the you know permission to go to go out there and uh, you know report on this for <laughs> for years. Like I, I don't know, I don't I don't get it. But what hasn't happened since? Well, that's, that's, that's sort of what my, I'm telling you. Like, quite, they probably shut question. it down. They were probably like, who's going to pay for this? Like, you know what I mean? Like, newspapers got to pay for it, or somebody's got to pay for it. People just don't. And back then, I mean, there wasn't social media. Yeah. I mean, now you could probably post stuff, but I mean, unless you got, like, we were talking about the influencer thing, unless you have a bunch of followers. But then again, like, if say that you were really popular and you posted something, just as an example, about LeBron, right? And then LeBron comes out and says something bad. Maybe a bunch of people that like LeBron stop following you. So you have to watch what you say because people could turn it and twist it to make it sound like, you know, you're the one in the wrong. You know, so I don't know. That's just my two cents. Yeah, Bobby, I think your hypothesis about censorship is interesting. Um, and I wonder if the driver there is maybe, maybe if, I wonder if it's, it's, if it's the NBA or if it's these large sports platforms, right? Like ESPN or Fox Sports that want to keep basketball, you know, consumable, digestible to a broad, you know, audience. Um, and that might be why we don't see so much, you know, kind of, uh, what do I want to say? Like, um, uh, you said you Gonzo, know, different, Gonzo journalism. Different yeah, yeah, yeah. Or different yeah. coverage. Right. So, uh, to give the listener a little bit more perspective, right? So, uh, uh, Burnett Mayer and Ann Waldman in 1975 covered the Nets for a season because they couldn't, they didn't get permission to cover the Knicks, right? right. And so, um, Aaron will add a, li a link to this article, and I would suggest any uh, any listener to to read this because it was this you know real breath of fresh air, reading this kind of long narrative piece about mm. where kind of the the, the length of the season the experience of watching players and then, you know, kind of the collision uh, between American society. And then also too, you know, we see um, the authors, uh, you know, really using positionality, talking about their identities and how it interacts with their reporting right. coverage and experience mm -hmm. on the court. I, I wonder, you know, like, and Bobby, you mentioned social media, you know, cause I think we do see some sort of these, and I, you know, I hate to use the word disruptors, right. Cause it's so popular in the tech world, but we do <laughs> see, some of these media forms that, you know, have kind of taken over, right? So you think about like House of Highlights, for example, right, is a huge, yeah, you know, yeah. organization, right? And and they've taken advantage of the NBA's, you know, kind of lack of, you know, censorship, right? Like when it comes to footage, the NBA wants um, influencers or organizations to use the, the highlights so that they can then connect with a diverse audience and specifically, right, a younger audience that might not be as cutting cords and not going to ESPN, but, you know, is going to Instagram or TikTok, right, to connect with players. I think about NBA desktop uh, on the yeah. Ringer, right, which yeah. I think is, like, really innovative, or I guess now, you know, no longer with the Ringer, Jason Concepcion right. and the company are doing it on all caps um, yeah. with uh, another media company. And, you know, but that was really, like, innovative, this idea of, okay, so how do we, how do, we do sports coverage in a different way? How do we have guests who are interesting but not talking heads per se and we kind of just joke around with them um how do we do more of a kind of a fuse with not just the play on the court but then obviously with social media as well so you know i think that i think we see some of that you know disruption but i think it's interesting that a group like the ringer after conception's left 
you know, and, and maybe it's just that a million dollar idea doesn't come along or a disruption idea doesn't come along that you can immediately replicate. But their model has moved to more traditional talking head podcasts and they're doing less of this, you know, kind of disruptive or, you know, gonzo journalism. Well, they like, got, what they if, got purchased by Spotify too. So they've got investors that they have yeah. to report Please. to. They've become ESPN, that's right? A, that's right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess maybe it will be interesting to see what Metal Arc Media does, like Dan Levertard's company, if they do do some of this, like just hiring college kids to kind of tour around. Yeah. Um, and, and to kind of write a little bit more. I don't know. Like um, Barstool Sports, maybe they're they're doing some like games this year where they're like hosting the game, I guess. It's, you know, they're not exactly like, you know, I don't know that I'd hold hold them out there as like the epitome of where I'd like to see it go, but I think it is a at least a different lens to see to see sports and I think that there should be room for just different groups to get in there. I mean, I just liked that they just took the idea and expressed what they were seeing on the court in a different way. And I mean, I think we're saying like Oh, this is what sells. But then the three of us who are huge basketball fans read this, you know, and it was put out, you know, decades after it first came out by an influence, you know, somewhat influential magazine that, that is, you know, out there in pop culture, kind of, uh, you know, resurfacing pictures and ideas from years ago. So I think there's, there has to be some create space in the creative landscape for, for these types of, you know, for this type of journalism, but I just don't know why, why there isn't more of it or why people starting out in the, this feels like where they where they should go, right? Like you said, take taking the chance. This is where the chances are, right? Get out there and be be weird, right? Like like well, Concepcion was, yeah. I think that yeah. for for it to happen to an extent to where it sticks a little bit, I think it has to be people that don't have anything to lose, right? Like kind of right. like I don't know if you guys have watched any of uh, Kwame Brown's oh, videos yeah. Yeah, or anything, but I mean that's kind of what you're talking about. Like, that's like the other part of the, that they don't talk about. Like like the media totally just destroyed this 18 year old kid that made it out of the, you know, the yeah. lower poverty and made it big. And instead of being like, Hey, look what this guy did. They were like, this guy's a bum, right? God, he's worthless. Why is he even here? Like he's ruined everything. Like he was supposed to help Jordan and he's ruined, you know, like to the point to where, you know, years after he's already out of the league, they're still calling him a bum. And he was in the league for what? It was like 12 years or something. I can't remember what it was uh, off off my head. But, like, to the point to where if you're playing in the league for that long, you're not a bum. Like, let's get it straight. Like, if you're playing in the NBA, you're one of the best players in the world. You might not be, you know, a superstar in the NBA, but if you're in the NBA, there's a lot of players that are playing foreign leagues, playing everywhere else that would love to be where you're at, you know? So like, but you know, like the media has to sell that because the fans want a certain percentage of the fans don't want to look at the personal side of the players. They just want to know. They just want to talk about what they perform. Right. So that's why I don't know if there's really well, no, an outlet for well, it. No, I understand. I guess. So my, my thing is like, I, I understand why that, that is out there. Like I understand like why there gets to be a consensus and that that helps to like amplify, you know, certain voices and, and, you know, lift, lift up the narrative and create a, you know, popular, 
create popular culture, right? I get that. But what I'm saying is why, why is that alternative stream not out there? Like I'm, I mean, maybe, yeah. and maybe it will be, this is kind of, a, I could throw this to you guys. Like if I'm the next number one pick when Cade Cunningham turns out to be a bum, uh, <laughs> is he gonna, is he gonna get his own podcast? Cause he could then, he could pay me, uh, you know, salary and we could start up a podcast about why he's not a bum. Like the, the Kwame, like sure. Kwame Brown's got going. I'm just saying like it's they, they can control their own narrative now yeah. where yeah. you could, you could get your own reporters to, to, to create a different story of, uh, about yourself to say, look, well, I might not be the number one pick, but it, blah, 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 blah. You know, like tell the, tell that story, like you said about Kwame that he's doing for himself now. I mean, he could have done, you know, he, whoever it is could do that. Uh, you know, they could step into that. that Maybe they're worried about their next contract. You're saying like whenever they're finally out, they can do it. But if they're in there and say that they are a borderline player, right? Like if they become that player that talks about the other side, then maybe teams don't so pick them up. Part of the machine, you, can't you know what I mean? Like if you're in the machine, you can't say anything because you know, it's kind of like the Kaepernick thing, right? Like, you know, like if you say something, and you're borderline, yeah. then maybe you don't, nobody wants to deal with that because they don't want to deal with that media with their team. They want to only deal with that distraction isn't worth it to them, yeah. right? Unless you're so good, that makes sense. then it's worth it, right? If you're a superstar, you could probably get away with it. Yeah. But if you're a role player, they're like, well, I mean, I can find role players. You get what I mean? Yeah, so. I do. I, you know, Aaron, to your point about thinking about authors, you know, writing more journal journalism like this, you know, I think we sh should probably also recognize, right. That like mayor and Waldman also weren't successful in, sh in selling this. Right. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't like yeah. an immediate pickup. Yeah. I wonder if, um, you know, it's weird I that it's even this, survived. But, right. <laughs> right. Kind of, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. And it's, Oh man, it's awesome. I can't wait for listeners to, to read this. Um, yeah. and I think to Bobby's point too, is that authors, writers, right. Like need to get, an initial stake just to fund the experience. Right. And yeah. so kind of thinking about those models, right. So is that, you know, working for a blog, um, is that like a dead spin model, right. Where you're getting paid, you know, per article, um, or, you know, with the gig economy, right. Like if somebody has a vision like this, you know, where they want to, you know, essentially, you know, replicate or, you know, try to speak in tandem, you know, with the basketball article, maybe they could do a GoFundMe um, and maybe, get fans maybe. to, you know, like, you're saying there directly. should be a GoFundMe for journalism. What, what was should, it? We, we should, should we get should a GoFundMe for podcast. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Man, it's called, it's called a, Patreon. They already did that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Put my Venmo right at the <laughs> bottom. <of this>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Here's my name. Yeah. They did that on the last uh, on the last uh, assembly call. That the guy they had that down in the Bahamas. They gave out his Venmo on the YouTube channel, and people were sending him money for drinks. It was great. <laughs> That's a good deal. That's what yeah. we need to do. Yep, for sure. <laughs> Yeah. What else you got? You guys got anything else on on this uh, this topic? Uh, yeah, could I could ahead. I read a passage uh, that I thought was kind of uh, I don't know, kind of was in in parallel with yeah. with today's basketball for sure. So so in it, the authors say um, in American institution there is no pleasure admitted except competition. We watch the men play and say what we want without fear of technicals. We watch them on TV and do what we want. We curse the referees and yell at the Celtics. You have sticks up your asses. And um, I thought there was like a lot of parallel here about, you know, kind of what Bobby was saying about crafting mm -hmm. a narrative and the ways in which, you know, um, Disney and, you know, by extension, ESPN wants to craft, craft narratives of wholesome, wholesome mm -hmm. players. Right. Um, and then also too, this idea of like yelling at referees and yelling <laughs> at 
basketball players, you know, like that's still prevalent as we see, yeah. you know, fans after the pandemic dumping stuff on players um, and feeling on, like spitting on them. Right. Right. Feeling yeah. like the ticket just allows you to do whatever you want, you know? So it was interesting to see in the seventies, you know, these, these parallel issues or dynamics, you know, are still common in today's game. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Well, the, the fans just, sometimes they take it to the next level. They, they, the fans do pay for the players, but really it's the TV contracts that are the biggest thing now. Mm-hmm. You know, like obviously the merchandise, you know, filling the stadiums up is a big part of it too. But that's where like maybe the journalism would help, right? Like if you had a real personal background of people, but you know, again, do the players really want people to know them? I mean, you want your privacy too, you know, like, if you know you don't want somebody following you and telling everybody about your life, right? In yeah, way, I think I think there's like a weight uh, there, right? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a you have to be a balance. I wouldn't, want, you know, that, I wouldn't but, want somebody, you know, coming in and trying to talk to my kids or you know, like. So this is so I've heard this. This is actually this is the trade off though, right? Like if you get to make two hundred and fifty million dollars, you're you're giving something up. Like that's the sort of the social contract that you're making yeah. that you you are you are giving that up. And what players right now, and I think that they're rebelling against this in some ways, they're saying, Well, I can say what whatever whatever I want. I'm allowed to express myself. And they're right. Like that is true. And I do feel that that that's that they should be able to do that. But what they're also not maybe they do realize this and they don't care. But what is also true is that by expressing themselves and expressing views that the fans may not hold, they may ultimately uh, hurt future generations to start. I think they're locked in, right? If I'm, if I'm LeBron, I can say anything I want, but it doesn't mean that by him doing what he wants, it doesn't mean that it won't eventually, you know, have a, a, a deleterious effect on the overall revenue of the NBA, right? That may not be what the, what the culture decides they, they want. It won't affect him because he's at the end of his career and he's made his money and he's a billionaire already. But other future, it, you know, future guys might be, be affected by it that. It could be the demise of the NBA for the fact of at this point, like if this would have happened in the past, they would have made rules, right? Now, if they would make a rule and say, listen, we want you just to talk about basketball, you know, like you're on a platform. We don't want to influence, you know, right. either way. Like players will bring it to social media and there's no way they can stop it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like they can't blackball everybody that's playing. Right. Cause it makes too much money. So like, I don't see the way the NBA can try to control a little bit of what the players, you know, say, you know, as far as off topic, not about basketball, but you know, anything else. So I don't really know. And to your point is right. Like the future players are going to see these players and then they're probably going to hold back even less. Right. They're going to be like, well, I'm going to come in and I'm going to, I don't care about a dress code or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. I really don't care. What are they going to do? Yeah. I, I think Bobby, you're, you're probably right that like we're not going to say the same amount of censorship. I'm glad you brought up the dress code because I thought the same (laughs) thing. I also watched the mouse in the palace uh, documentary and, you know, right. Like thinking about how Stern, you know, tried to, I didn't realize it was that, that close to like right after it, like that. Immediate effect, right. Like yeah, we're going to change the image. Right. Yeah. And um, I think that there are players that are making business decisions though. Right. Like, so while uh, a lot of players have uh, 
protested and uh, for domestic social issues, mm-hmm. right? A lot of players were really yeah. silent about international China, yeah, Chinese exactly. human rights yeah, issues, yeah. you know, right? As they see, you know, their shoe deal contracts are connected sure. with Chinese business. I I really like it. And Aaron, I know we've talked about this. I, I go around in circles with Kyrie all the time. But I liked last year when he said, like, I don't want to do media stuff. Like, I just want to focus on basketball. <laughs> yeah. But he knew he was going to get fined, yeah. right? And yeah. it's like, like I'll give that part of the money back, right. you know, yeah. right? Because I won't make the deal. You know, and yeah. if you're a fan, I, I know, like, some fans will say, oh, Kyrie doesn't want to play the media game. But it's like, if I'm a fan, I'm like, great, that guy just wants to focus on basketball. Like, you know, like, I would love if players were like, I don't care about, you know, I want to shut off uh distractions and i just want to focus on winning you know you know it definitely i think it's definitely something that will continue to come up just the the evolution of sports and i think that this you know it's interesting to see how how we think that so much has changed but i think this is a good perspective too to look back like several decades and see like "Eh, there's a lot that's still you know it's still the same a lot of the same issues that we grapple with and you know the lens on the court can be can be more similar sometimes than than we think it can be one of the let's let's end it with this. Do you guys do you guys think that by these players we'll go back to the NIL, right? Okay. Do you think that by these players making money earlier, that that changes the way they are when they get to the NBA, like oh, their approach? You know what I mean? Like now, like besides making it and to the NBA, that's where you hit it, right? Like now you're hitting it earlier, right? So. Does that change your perspective once you get to the league? I, I think it's great, actually. I think that the one the one thing that I can say almost for certainty is that the players, when they get to the NBA, they seem more adept, uh, media savvy. They seem uh, more more composed. They they carry themselves. You know, Josh tells uh, has often told that funny story about. Um, Glenn Robinson leaving his player of the year trophy just in his, on his, the deck of his apartment, you know, and he gets that $84 million and, you know, up front and how that ruined a lot of guys where you get it right away. And now they, they are earning it, but they're creating their own brand, something that they own, that they own, that they can, that they're in control of. And that means that they also have to, you know, be responsible to then the brand that they've created. You can't just like say, well, I got this guaranteed money coming. I can do do what I want. Like you have to maintain that image to keep the money coming in. How many players do you think are going to get lost because they get money before maybe they're prepared to get the money? You get what I mean? Like you got 18 year olds that didn't come from money. Right. And they get this money in college. Like maybe if they didn't get the money, they would have worked hard for two or three years and made it to the league. And now you're getting the money and then you're maybe doing things that you shouldn't be doing because you know, we all have been 18, 19, 20 year olds, and they don't, we don't make the best decisions when we're that age, just to be honest. Yeah. So give I, us some money, and it's probably even worse. I don't know. <laughs> I, it might work the other way, though. Like, it might alleviate some pressure, right? Like, now, so if, you know, if you have um, people in your circle, your family, friends that are, you know, relying on you to make it to the pros, like, and you have like this sum to begin with, mm-hmm. you can take care of those needs and focus on kind of the long game of, becoming a professional success rather than, you know, I think you see a lot of when college was maybe more amateur, you might see players kind of melting down when they get to college. It's a lot harder. They're settling in. They're not getting as much play time as they're used to. And then suddenly they're like, Hey, I might not get drafted, right? Like I might not be one of the 60 players who gets drafted. And then they fizzle out, you know, whereas, you know, if you get some of the money, 
at the start, you might be able to say and trust your coach a little bit to say, hey, yeah. you know, eventually, right, maybe you should stay a little bit longer, yeah. you'll get more playing time, you'll be a more polished product, and you can go You can go to the draft. There's not that immediate, I need to get in the draft even if I'm going to fall so many spots because I have to support my system. And that's not true. I, I guess I want to poke a hole and or, or say that's not the stereotype that all players come from needs-based backgrounds, but that might right. be the case for, for quite a few. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's just a, like, I, I view it as, as opportunity. I think that the, the negative, the downside of it, I, I feel like is in the way that we look at the athletes. I think it will change our perspective on them more than, than anything else by becoming more personal with, with athletes. It's, it's good and bad. Right. I think that, and it also changes that focus, shifts that focus away from school to individuals. Like there is, something that I like about that in the NBA, because I'll watch the NBA even when the Bulls have been terrible. So I might be more interested in more college basketball teams, but that also might mean that if I don't, you know, if the IU guys are not, you know, maybe it, maybe it shifts my allegiances into more uh, college basketball overall, rather than, you know, or, or following a specific player. If he transfers, you know, what if my favorite guy at IU transfers to some other school? Like, and I felt like I built up this camaraderie by watching all his videos and, you know, I'm like, man, this guy's awesome. Like he's just fun to, fun to watch. I get, and I, I don't know if that would apply as much for us since we're kind of locked in, but I think for young, certainly for the younger audience, I could, I could definitely see how that could happen for them. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, the only thing like it could, I mean, I think we're looking at it from a perspective of, you know, we're older now. <laughs> so we, we, we look at it like the way that we would do it. You look the and same. And not the way 18-year-old but... <laughs> Robert would do it. You know, like, I think if you went back to 18-year-old so Robert. So you're saying Carmelo on the Lakers. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> All right. It was good, though. I'm get us out of good here. Good times. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to the 19.9 Podcast. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, make sure you do. And while you're at it, leave us a rating or review. Five stars only, like the basketball camp. We also have links to all of 19.9 social media so you never miss a release. Until next time, 